The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download The Fan app. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Happy Friday from your radio amigos, Chuck and Chernoff. We're on the fan. Thanks to you guys for uh, spending it with us. Hopefully it's a plan you make every single day, four hours a day. We're with you till six and then six, eight to rewind the best of our broadcasting day. That's got to be a tough challenge to just pick the best of this whole broadcasting day to come up with like three segments. It starts with the locker room morning, six to 10 with the home team and the John Michaels and the beef in and Joe Ham. Then you get the buck. Oh, seriously? That's right. An hour sports power. Nick and Chris, 11 to 2. And then this radio extravaganza each and every day. Uh, the 4 o'clock hour of our show is presented by Entry Point Doors and Windows. Atlanta's local expert for entry doors and windows. They're Atlanta's best for a reason. Go to entrypointatlanta.com for a free estimate. So it is March 1st, meaning the Chuck and Chernoff cameo contest is live. Your goal is to figure out whoever you know or somebody else that you know has a connection to a celebrity. Have them send you a 15 or 30 second video. Hey, uh, this is Shakira. I heard you uh, wanted me to send you a video to get in the 680 The Fan Chuck and Chernoff contest. We're going to stack up all the videos by the end of the month. The most entertaining or the most famous or the funniest. We'll figure out how we do it. Can be entertaining, can be business, can be Warren Buffett. You can have him, whoever. Sure. Whoever you know is famous. Or it could be due to the clown. Whoever it is, we're going to end up giving you a credible prize package at the end of the month with. Braves opening day tickets, uh, dinner at, here at the Battery. You'll throw out a ceremony, a ceremony first pitch, not on the field, though. That'll be with us. Like in studio with Chuck and Charlie. Everything else is really good, though. It is. And more stuff to be added to the package. So let me play for you. This is the – we, again, don't come up with good ideas. We just steal them. So Cameo has become quite the business, right? Celebs have a fee that you would pay them. Mm-hmm. We don't want you to do that. Now, if you want to do that, it's up to you. We don't want you to pay for it, right? So this is one of my favorites ever, Smokey Robinson – was paid whatever his fee is, 150 bucks. Oh, I'm sure Smokey. Okay, go ahead. Now, in the midst of his message, he wanted to wish somebody a happy Hanukkah. Take a listen. Hey, Marco, how you doing? This is Smokey Robinson. I know you didn't expect to hear from me. I was contacted by your sons, Jeff and Jera, and they wanted me to wish you happy Chinooka. I have no idea what Chinooka is, but happy Chinooka. You say that. <laughs> because they said so. Can't anyway, say it. God bless you, babe. <laughs> And enjoy Chinooka. Happy Chinooka. He didn't say that. Happy Chinooka. He, did. he didn't say that. He doesn't know I what Chinooka no is. I have no idea what Chinooka is. And that guy paid $400 to get a happy Chinooka message. I was and way off on Chinooka. the price. So there you go. Now, again, we don't want you to pay for your cameo. But it, we want to. It's up to you. you. It would be better if it's organic and you know somebody. Your neighbor Tim is uh, uh, friends with Pamela Anderson. And Pam sends you a message. And so. enjoy Chinooka. Happy Chinooka. So that's how it's going to go. Smokey. 
That's okay. Listen, we all, we're not perfect, Chuck. We all make mistakes. Uh, Doc McChuckins makes no mistakes. Our doctor of the draft oh, gives you a prescription for what's coming in the draft. He's got something for us coming up in about five minutes. Tease us. We should pay particular attention to one draft prospect out of Tuscaloosa and especially the path he took. All right, we'll get the doc in here in uh, about five or six minutes. But first, the Hawks got nipped last night. They lost in Brooklyn by 27. They were down like 18 to four. They like the best they could do. They closed within like six points and then they got blown out of the building. Now I bring that up only because I, I, I shouldn't be taken aback, but I am. It's a very odd take I've heard from people in the media and in some cases fans who have been rooting more for the Hawks to win now so they can create some sort of a false narrative that the Hawks are better without Trey Young and a four-game sample or a 10-game sample was their way of going, see, I told you they're better without Trey. Now, I will point out to you guys, I think a lot of this comes from the media. I'm sure there are some fans, but I think more of this comes from a media, specifically an older, whiter media that I think is pushback And I don't know what it is about Trey they don't like. I've said this for years. Whether it's they don't like what he says, they don't like the style of play, they don't like the whining, they don't like all the things. And my retort to all that is, y'all ain't used to a superstar around here because that's superstar 101. They all whine, they all say the same stuff, they all act divish. That's how they all are. Trey fits that bill to a T. So there are a lot of older parts of the media that I don't think love Trey. And their response is, if they go seven and three here, see, I'm going to tell you they're better without Trey. Even if they were to go seven and three because the schedule allowed it, they wouldn't be better without Trey Young. It's one of the oddest, weirdest, strangest takes that I have ever heard, and it's not going to go away if they win some games here in this little stretch without Trey. Do you have a projection on on the motivation? Is the motivation more just because it gives me a chance to highlight how good they could be without Trey, or is it let's take a bigger picture, see justification that trading Trey, getting him out of here. Wouldn't be such a bad thing after all. I, I, you're asking me. I don't know. You have to. Ask I don't some. know the motivation for. I, I think a lot of it is, again is his personality rubs in the media the wrong way. I think some of well, his. I believe it's his personality, his style, his approach, his brashness. And then you obviously haven't. And this is a reflection of our city. We haven't had a superstar in town since Dominique. Right? There's been a very long time. We don't know what it's like to have edgy, weird, sort of like like Philly with Joel Embiid or wherever Kevin Durant's been. Dion wasn't at home here. Like, he never really, he was like, I need something bigger. I need something where they, yeah. So I, I would say uh, this. If you are also rooting for the Hawks to trade Trey Young, you're rooting for them to get objectively worse and try to figure out the one thing everybody else in the league is trying to do. You know what they're trying to do? Get the first star. And after they get the first star, you know what they're trying to do next? Get the second star. Because the league has shown you that you better have at least two. If you can find a third, you're in a great spot. Look around the league right now. Denver won the championship with Jokic and Murray. Boston paid a huge price to keep Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum together. The Bucks went out and got Dame Lillard with Giannis, and they've already won a title, and they're like, we have to go get a, a bigger star. The Clippers wanted Kawhi and Paul George together and were willing to bring James Harden into the mix. Phoenix was wanting to go get Kevin Durant to play with Devin Booker, and then they traded for Bradley Beal. There's a reason why Minnesota is thriving now, because Anthony Edwards has turned into a star, and now guess what Cat is? He's their second-best player. The Hawks haven't been able to figure out a way to get that next great player or good player or star type player. They thought they were doing it with, with, uh, with DeJounte Murray. And he's a nice player. He's never been a star that was overblown by Hawk fans who are begging for DeJounte to be what they hoped he would. He was a replacement all-star in the West for San Antonio. He's good. DeJounte is good. He's just not a star level player. And, what you need to do is picture Trey going somewhere else because it's obviously not going to happen here, which I hate. But picture Trey and Wemby playing together. Picture the Lakers picking up Trey to play with AD and LeBron. Picture Trey somewhere else where they already have a star set, and now they're going to bring in Trey to play with them. That'll be his best chance to win a championship. And you know, for the Hawks, they'll go back to square one. And anybody who thinks a Trey Young trade is going to settle some stuff, it's not. They're going to get a bunch of draft picks and a bunch of uh, expiring contracts and middle of the roster type players. And that gets you no closer to what you want. You're closer by having Luka and then trying to figure out something else. And the something else Dallas tried is Kyrie. And they're pretty good. I don't think they'll win a championship, but they're pretty good. I don't know what's going on with the Hawks, but it's even more concerning that fans and media in this town are like, trade away the one star you have and we'll figure it out. No, you won't. You won't figure it out. Here's the problem. We had a little fun when we were talking when they were 1-0. Hey, I think they're going to win tonight, be 2-0, and here it starts. We were kind of having fun with it, but it also was sort of a reflection of, there were folks spring-loaded. I'm just waiting. 
give me any sort of sliver of a conversation about how this team would be better off. Not like they're better without Trey. They'd be better off without Trey. They, they'd be better off just moving along from Trey. And that's silliness. I mean, he's 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 one of the cornerstone, the pillars, the whatever, the, the bricks that you don't have. Not every team does. And then finally it was the Hawks' turn and they got one. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many guys that come through. Like, I don't know, the Kings thought they had – we kidded about him back in the day. But DeMarcus Cousins, he was supposed to be one of those and then he wasn't. The Pelicans had him and Anthony Davis. They had two top ten players in the league for a minute and then they were both gone. Like it is rare that you get someone – that you can really like the Pelicans with what they hope Zion Williams is and they know they don't have him. Mm-hmm. It's so rare to have a guy that really is that superstar level and not John ja Morant who now he can't play. So I almost said Trey's the least of their problems. Trey's not a problem. Trey's a solution. He's part of what you want to build around. All right, we've got that figured out. What do we need to do? We need to figure out the right defense and the right shooting, and we're gonna to try to figure it out, but we know we have twenty seven and ten every night. Okay. If you don't see that because you don't like him, you're letting your personal opinion get in the way. Whatever, I can't turn your opinion around, but I will remind you of a time when Atlanta was stuck with Steve Smith and Mookie Blaylock, and those teams went to the playoffs every year. But those teams had no chance of ever doing anything. If there's a star player, there's a, there's a potential path down the road. There's a lane. There's an avenue. Like Minnesota is my example right now. They had Carl Anthony Towns. They got it right with Anthony Edwards in a way that nobody saw this like to this level. Anthony Edwards is a superstar. Now they've got two. And guess what Minnesota is? They're at the top of the Western yep. Conference all of a sudden. What if they would have listened to all the noise? Trade Cat, Trade Cat, Trade Cat, which was a talk for a long time. Now Cat becomes their second best. You know what you are if Carl Anthony Towns is your second yep. best player? Maybe there's a world where Trade becomes your second best player if you're able to figure some stuff out. But to hear the media and some fans, not a lot, but some fans – we're better with Adam Tradem. It's just a weird place to be because you'll get back to Mookie Blaylock and Steve Smith and you'll live in the number five seed because – and that's that's fine. It's better than where the Hawks are today, but you don't want that life. I'm telling you, that's that's an awful place to be. Oh, show. A great place to be is uh, on our app. You can always stay connected to your latest news, your favorite fan shows. All on that fan app and it's all sponsored by Beaver Direct. The Beave. That's right, Chuck. Uh, Beaver Direct, the fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle. You can visit Beaver, Toyotaofcoming.com to see what wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, what it really means. Download that fan app now in the Apple app and Google Play stores. Dr. McChuckins. Time for your checkup. Time for your checkup. I'm going to check your ears, check your eyes, find out how much you've grown. Time for your checkup. It's okay if you giggle. Ha, ha, ha. Said we should pay particular attention to one draft prospect out of the Bama program. It's J.C. Latham, the third-year offensive tackle. He's a right tackle. Might be a guard, but he's a right tackle, and that's perfectly fine. Being a guard would be fine, too. He's going to be a first-round draft pick. The end of this paragraph is somewhere between 15 and 30. But what comes before the end of the paragraph is kind of important because when I say 15 to 30, I think it'll probably be closer to like 1920-ish, 21. And the reason is because 15 to 30 means anywhere in this range where there's some teams that may need an offensive tackle and for all these reasons. And so, you know, eye of the beholder. This is why for a player out of Alabama, it hasn't always been eye of the beholder between 15 and 30. They're they're the differentiator. They're the decider. They're a Bama player out of the Saban program. They always had a reputation of that phrase we use sometimes, have that dog in them. Julio Jones was, he was the best player on the Bama team. He was one of the best players in the SEC. Might have been as good as any player in America. They had a game at Carolina, South Carolina, his last year. Broke his hand in the first half. Finished with like 11 catches for 100 and something yards and a touchdown. They still lost that day. Julio was like, no, I'm good. I'll play with a broken hand. Let's go. Let's roll. Julio was that guy, and he was so talented, everything else, and he outworked everybody, and he was the toughest, and he had the dog in him. Bama players always got the benefit of the doubt come draft time. We like these two corners, one of them's from Bama. We like these two edge guys, one of them's from Bama. We have two interior linemen, well, one of them's from Bama. J.C. Latham is the last of this wave of players that only played at Bama for Saban. And again, you see three-star offensive tackle coming out of Bama. 
he was a little different. It wasn't on the left side, and he didn't even, like, at least Jonah started at right tackle immediately, whereas Cam and Cyrus and Andre and the rest of them, they were all at left tackle. Um, I think Evan Stewart is, or Evan Neal as well. Um, J.C. Latham was on the right side and didn't really start as a freshman, not full-time, didn't come in and just, like, you know, put a hammer lock on the position. He got better as a sophomore. He was incredible this past year, and here's what I like about him, and I'll skip to this part. Uh, he's about 6'6", six, 3", six, whatever, 40. He knocks people back on their heels, and it's rare in the SEC when the ball is snapped, somebody gets like a two-palm punch on somebody, and you're talking about a 285-pound defensive end that kind of loses his balance a little bit. I love me some J.C. Latham. Um, mean, legit, tough guy, and that was always the brand for Saban, Bama players, and that's why one guy would get drafted ahead of another. I'm just wondering how long this lasts, but he's one of the very last guys coming out of the program that has that on his resume. Time for your checkup. Time for your checkup. So one of the things, Charles, that we've uh, known our whole lives about the NFL might be changing. The NFL says the chain gang could soon be going away. <laughs> With all the technology in football, it's awesome that we still have two dudes holding one end of an orange stick one guy holding the other, and they pull it real tight whenever we need to go measure for the first down. Well, the NFL has uh, tested optical tracking in a couple of stadiums. Like Cyclops in tennis? <laughs> uh, something like that. And in the Super Bowl last season, they looked at some ideas to change the way we gain the first down marker and the rulings that would go along with it. So this would require a vote for approval. Technology will be ready in a couple of years, not in 2025, but it's only a matter of time, according to Tom Pelissero. How would we ever know if these chain gang folks ever really got it really right? Chuck had a funny chain gang story. No, I didn't. Um, so what was that? I would, I would chain gang because you know the 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 home team provides yeah. the the officiating. Crew. I've done it, sure. And so, but the the chain gang's always on the visitor sidelines. So when I was coaching at South Gwinnett on Thursdays, they would have either a ninth grade or a B team at home, and then you'd play the opposite at, you know, wherever. So varsity coaches would have to work the game, and so I would stand on the visitor sideline with the down marker, and if it was a run play, I'd keep my hand in the middle. If it's a pass play, I'd hold it up top. You're a horrible person. <laughs> so you're stealing signs? I wasn't stealing anything. I was relaying the signs. I'm sorry. Okay. I would just listen to the play call. He would lean the wide receiver <laughs> over and go, twins right, star 90, you know, whatever. And I would say, all right, it's a, that's a run play. Boom. So an Astros fan stealing signs. This is <laughs> not surprising. I understand. All right, so you good. pass play and I put my hand up top. I'm not really one to judge. When I have worked the chains, there might have been a link or two that got pulled a certain way. Oh, again, it's <laughs> – you're letting the home team provide it. I did watch a referee. This was pretty funny. And this was like an 11-year-old football. I watched two referees start screaming about where the, the chains are supposed to go. I'm standing right in front of my chain, which is at the first down marker. And the referee is two yards away going, no, it's a first down. I said, no, you're two yards that way. And now he starts arguing with the other official. I'm watching two referees, two grown men. And scream at each other to the one official walks back. He shouldn't talk to me like that. I've done this 50 years. I thought they were in a fight right in the middle of an 11-year-old football game, which would have been perfect. But we might not have that joy anymore. Although, at that level, yes, we'll still have the chain game. I was more proud of that story when I did it. Were you? You cheater? Just told it. Horrible person. All right, coming up, I guarantee you NFL people are waking are making way too many assumptions about Justin Fields and the Falcons. That's a good tease. It's a great tease. I'll tell you how I know next. Chuck and Chernoff are on the fan. Happy Friday. Hope you're done with the work for the week. Be careful out there. Cold, windy, rainy. On the way home, though, make sure you're locked into a... 93.7 FM to hear us, or 6.80 AM, or the mighty 6.80 The Fan mobile app, or when you get home on your smart speaker. 6.30. Or 6.30 AM. Steaming on the Fan app. That's right, Derek. Steaming. Um, tonight at 6, you'll get uh, the Fan Rewind, some of the best of today all throughout the radio station. If you had a chance to uh, hear some but missed some of the other moments, you'll get a chance to relive them tonight at 6 o'clock. Chuck, here's where we are, though. We were uh, talking earlier about Zach Klein, who is now 
being tied to him that he said the Falcons will sign he Kirk Cousins. He broke news, and Arthur Blank will pay whatever is right. required. And I texted with Zach right away when some of this started coming out yesterday. He's like, I didn't say any of that. And now it's being put uh, you know, sort of on him. Well, here's another example. Dove Kleeman writes, the Giants are actively looking to trade up in the draft for a quarterback per Connor Hughes. Quote, the worst kept secret in this year's draft. It was retweeted by Connor Hughes, who wrote, this is not what I said. It's just we're, we're at a place where you get a little, like, something of a, not even a report, an opinion, an Damn. educated guess, and now we're applying it to everybody else who aggregates it, and then everybody runs with it. It's just. I think, honestly, it's a combination of two things. You hit on one of them, aggregation. It's just keywords. I think it is AI-run aggregation, and there are, it, just, it takes just enough. Or it's a station that has a um, guy on and he almost says something related right. to it and they want to spin it differently. So I, I'll even take it another way, like Dove Kleeman, for example, or any of these guys. They have enough content that they need to fill to keep their followers engaged. So I'm going to just copy and paste what somebody else theoretically said or I took from somebody else's site now put it that's there. That's enough. And that's it, enough. Who knows if it was even close to what is being reported that way. All right, coming up in five minutes, not only is this black hat in sports on the wrong list, He doesn't even have an asterisk by his name. We'll tell you about him coming up in a moment. But first, I think NFL people around the rest of the country are really, uh, they're making too many assumptions about Justin Fields and how he would fit with the Atlanta Falcons. I've told you, I don't think it's happening. I just, I think it's like plan E for the Falcons. It could happen if plan A through D just doesn't materialize, which is a possibility. But I read things like this, and I'm like, have you really watched the Falcons? So Frank Amarante, who's, a, I guess, a Chicago reporter, said on Justin Fields with the Falcons. He writes, as a Falcon, Justin Fields will have a potential wide receiver one in Drake London, franchise running back in Bijan Robinson, elite tight end talent in Kyle Pitts, promising young offensive coach in Zach Robinson. Forget about what Fields did in Chicago. All right, I'll come back to that in a moment. Well, then former Falcon quarterback and legend Kirk Bankert, he joined the chat and wrote, this is what I'm saying. Forget what Fields did in Chicago. Reset, better environment, talent around him, weaker division. He finishes by writing, no one remembers Kirk Cousins' time in Washington. No one remembers Drew Brees in San Diego. Give the dude a hard reset. Okay, so let let me go back over some of this. Their rationale is potential wide receiver one in Drake London. Drake London is a good receiver. He's not a number one. Not the way you expect to have Mike Evans be a number one. Or we've had, Atlanta knows about number one receivers. Roddy White was a one. Julio Jones was an uber one. Drake is good. I think Drake is really good. I don't think Drake's a one. I think Drake is a, like, B-plus receiver. So, okay. Franchise running back in Bijan I would agree with, but, again, we got to see it play out. Elite tight end talent in Kyle Pitts? I would say elite promise. He would. Elite hope. He would. I, I think that if he got pushed back on that, which I'm sure he did, he would say, and I said talent, oh, not yeah. production. I said talent. I like that he would give himself an okay, out Okay, but there. you got to prove the talent. I, that's why I said hope and promise. Talent would indicate, oh, I've seen little flashes. I've seen Kyle catch a couple of balls behind his back. I've never seen him run away from people. I've never seen him change a game. I've never seen him in Dude, the end zone what I saw. use that six-foot-six frame to catch three touchdowns over a DB. It's all promise and hope. Which is fine, but it's not talent at this point. What he did the entire 2020 season, I say that, I think he played eight games. He even missed some time that year with Florida. But it was it was this big, giant yes. guy running down the seam. And I mean, screaming past yep. linebackers and too big for safeties. And what are we going to do to contain him? We can't do a damn thing. And was I was like, people. all right, let's do this. Yep. I haven't seen a lot of that. Oh, he was killing people at Florida. You got in the red zone, you had no shot to stop them. I haven't seen that. Now, that doesn't mean it's all his fault. We've said that over and over again, but... You know what I thought I was going to see? Him catching the ball about on an 18-yard in at full speed and just trucking some poor D-back like he was mm-hmm. doing in Gainesville. And it it just it hasn't happened. How about the moment that Drake had this year against Tampa? The horribly thrown ball by, by Desmond that he heaved about yeah. 50 yards. Drake just went up and, like, yanked the ball out of the air. Where's that Kyle? That's what I want from him. All right, and then the last one was promising young offensive coach in Zach Robinson. That's a hope, too. We don't know until he coaches the game. Everybody's very bullish on Zach, and so am I. But he gets the McVay endorsement. We've all been down that road before, and like I, we all heard Arthur the same, Smith. Yeah, same yeah. things about Arthur. And I'm not applying that to Zach. I'm just saying all these things that they're applying to the Falcons and Justin are all maybes. It's the right reason David Canales just got the hired in Carolina. He's going to get fired in about two and a half years. 
Like that, there's no, there's no path to success in Charlotte right now, and all these reasons. He's the right choice, and they're going to say, no, he's the wrong choice. Do we know for a fact that the stuff around Justin would be better here than Chicago? I could argue DJ Moore is better than anything we have, and I like Drake, but DJ Moore is a better player. And if you're going to do the tight end thing again, we're doing it with hope and promise of Kyle. What, what do the Bears have? Cole Komet and some stuff. Like, there's nothing else that jumps off the page. I don't even know what their running back situation is, but it's all hope here. There, at least, I know we had a connection with DJ Moore that went for like 1,200 yards or something, had a very big year. I think, and this is, I know this is going to sound jarring, I think Justin in Atlanta would be a little bit of a better version than Marcus Mariota. It's kind of what I think the offense would look like. I think the run game would be dynamic because Bijan would gain having a a running option like Justin around him, which would open up things more for Bijan. But I think Kyle would never, you know, get to the numbers you want to get him to. I don't think the pass game would be as consistent as you want. You have a guy in Justin Fields who throws for a buck 66 a game in his career. Let's say everything goes perfectly and he, he ups that number. He's 185 a game. It's not a prolific offense you, where you highlight receivers and tight ends. You haven't had a legitimate NFL starting quarterback since the end of the 21 season. You can't have three straight seasons of that. You can't. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you can. You shouldn't. You hope not to. But yeah, Justin Fields, I don't think, changes it. Not really. Let's not forget. 60% is a weird number in 2023. The completion percentage? That's just a, a disappointing it, it number. It looks out of place. Well, you can't it, touch receivers. He'd be a pro bowler in 79. Everything's a five-yard pass. So, yeah, no, it's, it should be better. But you say you shouldn't three straight years. I can give you the Dolphins for 20-plus years. I can give you the Jets. I can give you the Bears. I can give you a lot of teams who never figured it out for, for decades. What do you think it's like there? We're a little spoiled here that we had Ryan for 14 years, the blip before that, Vic for five years. They drafted the same front office. The rich, the rich front office drafted three Pro Bowl quarterbacks in eight years. Schaub, I forgot Schaub as Big well. Big Schaub yeah. and Matt Ryan. Yep. Holy yep. hell. All right, coming up in five minutes, uh, the Braves have a pairing figured out. Well, the Falcons and Hawks just can't seem to get it right. Stupid Hawks. <laughs> I'll share the pairing with you coming up. But first... We'll talk about a sports black hat on the wrong list. Yes, that would certainly be Rob Manford. I want to say he's on the wrong list. Uh, Matt, every MLB commissioner in history goes back to Kennesaw Landis. He was a judge and after the Black Sox handle in 19, we need a commissioner, and it was him. He didn't play around. So beginning in 1920, they started having commissioners. Every commissioner in history, there are only two possible lists to end up on. Baseball Hall of Famer, which is Kennesaw Landis and Ford Frick and Happy Chandler and Bowie Coon and a bunch of others. Baseball Hall of Famer is the first list. The other list is guys with an asterisk. Guys with an asterisk who didn't make the Hall of Fame, that didn't start until the mid-60s. They didn't know what to do, the owners. They needed a commissioner all of a sudden, and they said, well, let's hire William Eckert. Now, he gets an asterisk. He was an Air Force colonel, hadn't been to a major league game in 10 years. He didn't really know what he was doing. He quit in three years. Peter Uberoth was brought in to, like, save the economics and PR. Everybody understood coming in, his asterisk is hired gun. He's not going to do it long time. Um, Bart Giamatti, 154 days as a commish, heart attack, full-on grabber, like deceased, out. So Say that. That's awful, the way you just put Okay, Asterisk, all right? Uh, Faye Vincent operated in the best interest of the game and the fans and the owners just could not have that ish two and a half years. They whacked him out. So that's an asterisk. He told the Cubs, maybe you're not in the East anymore. And the Cubs, oh, no, nah, we lead a revolt. And Faye Vincent got fired. So asterisk, Matt, I don't think Rob Manford has an asterisk. I think he's an unpopular, like 10 eared boob who is now on a charm offensive to get himself elected to the Hall of Fame. He's announced his retirement date, 2029. Between now and then, pay attention to some of the projects and announcements that he has at, like, commissioner's discretion almost. Him trying to make nice and give us the all-star game that he stole, no, that doesn't get you any sort of credit with me. Him wanting to greenlight expansion so that it's on his watch that they add the two new cities – uh, there are plenty of others. Sketchy Cooperstown prospect as it is, and he wants to rally over these final few years. Um, I will say when Rob Manfred comes to Atlanta, there will be no rocking chair or basket of peaches for him, uh, and he's going to try to have that. He wants to have a farewell tour where he gets to wave and get like the going away, the Kobe gifts and everything. Matt, that's not waiting on him. I don't think 
no way, no how that guy's going to get himself elected in the Hall of Fame these final five years. You might be right. I don't ever have a good sense for the commissioner because. But Selig's in. Why? Because I could argue Selig had a more embarrassing tenure with a one moment in his career highlighted by the fact that he let that all-star game, hold on, end in a tie. And then his reaction to it was, let's change the entire rule on how we decide the World Series home field advantage. How is that? Like, no matter what Manfred does or doesn't do, you would agree there's no more damning moment than that. I agree. Here, here's, here's, here's the difference. It's because from the moment the commissioner's office was created in 1920, it's one of those offices where if you get it, you're kind of supposed to go to the Hall of Fame. You have to do something to almost disqualify yourself like the Air Force colonel who said, I don't really like baseball. Um, they're like, all right, stop doing the job then. And they moved on. Peter Ubroth said, I'm going to do the job for just a minute. All right. So y'all have somebody else ready. He's not going to the hall of fame. Rob Manford wants to be in the hall of fame more than anything. That's fine. And, I don't, and, I don't, the, and the reason is because he's supposed to be, I don't have an opinion on commissioners and all of this. I don't care. I guess is what I would say. I would, if I'm going to play the advocate of the devil for a moment, they sped up the game, his watch, they get rid of the shift, his watch. Uh, they made the game more exciting. They shortened it like the DH. Like there are a lot of things that on his watch have improved. I can empirically point to data that said improve the game. I don't care if he's a Hall of Famer or not, nor do I care if Bud is or Bowie Kuhn or any of these guys. Because I, like I said, if I was to, if you were to ask me who are the best commissioners of my lifetime, I guess David Stern in the NBA. I guess Paul Tagliabue and Pete Rozelle, but I probably couldn't give you a ton of reasons why. No, I would look at which league's revenue exploded over 20 years and who was the commissioner in that time. That would be my measuring stick. Which well, then, that's MLB right now. I was going to tell you, yeah, MLB's, they're, this is the best revenue they've ever had. They're, and again, that's on his watch. I don't care if he goes to the Hall of Fame. His biggest but issue he is, does. It's fine. His biggest issue has always been his lack of PR skills. It's always been the biggest problem. He's never sounded like a lawyer. He's never like when you watch, which is why I said he's an unpopular boob. That's right. ma- mainly but what he is. He might not be a boob. He's unpopular. So I would say this: when Roger Goodell does his, no, no, no. some of his stuff he said about it's just a hunk of metal. Right. Well, that's why I said he's not good at PR. He's not good on the mic. Roger Goodell gets up on the mic and he sounds authoritarian. He sounds like we, everybody gets mad at Commissioner Kickass. He sounds like it. He just looks the part. Whereas I'll tell you, Adam Silver doesn't, but David Stern did. We can judge the book by the I'm cover in charge of this. Here. Like David Stern had a very clear. Dave, by the way, David Stern, not a large man. David Stern had a very clear. I'm in charge. Use Greg Sankey in that same way. I'm, I'm in charge. Sankey looks the part of like I'm. This is my thing. Some guys, we will always judge the book by its cover. In that case, what I'll agree with you on, and Manfred is unpopular. I don't know if he's a boob. He might be a really smart guy. You probably are not getting that job unless you're a really bright guy. He just does not express it very well, and he never has. And that's been part of his deal. Uh, we went through the Trey Young thing a little bit ago, and I said the bigger issue for the Hawks is not getting rid of Trey Young. It's how can you pair him with another star? Well, the Hawks aren't going to figure that out. I can even argue in the NFL that you've got to do that on the offensive side of the ball, right? You've got to find your Mahomes and your, and your Kelsey, or you've got to find your Brady and your Gronk, or your Brady and Mike Evans, or whatever you, you need to find. Baseball, it's weird. We don't do the pairings much, but I can make an argument that the Braves have the best duo when it comes to pitcher and hitter in all of baseball for several reasons. And that's Spencer Strider, Ronald Acuna. They're 25 and 26 years old. They're both under contract for another five years together, maybe longer, depending on if Ronnie's re-signed at that point. But they're in the prime of a career in a way that, like if you're a baseball fan who's been around long enough, that you'll remember the way that Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden were talked about. It never materialized the same way. See, Ronnie's already got an MVP. Spencer's already won 20 games. It was all promise with Gooden and Strawberry. But they were their own worst enemies, which ended up derailing them. But there was a point, I bet, 1984 or 5, when baseball was like, oh, my God, you have Strawberry and you have Gooden. Well, with the Braves, you have Strider and you have Acuna, which covers a couple of different things. Not only is their talent just special generational type talent, they both do the most exciting things at their position, right? Strider throws 100. He strikes people out. Then you add the quirkiness of the weirdness of the mustache and Quadzilla, and he's kind of a fun guy to talk to. Ronnie does everything. He checks every box that you would want from an exciting baseball player. He's faster than everybody. He hits mammoth home runs. He plays with flair. And they're they're not like 34 and 34-year-old, 35-year-old boring guys. You got a 25 and a 26-year-old. Do you know the marketing potential that the Braves salivate over with those two guys? Forget about nationally. They, they want to sell them nationally. But in their own city to have two stars like this 
already with an MVP, Strider's going to win a Cy Young unless he gets hurt. That's the only thing that can derail him or Ronnie is injury. If those two guys stay healthy, and now we're hearing that Strider's got this breaking ball that he likes and a curveball he's toying oh, with. Oh, always look at the, the guy. You mentioned Gooden already, Nolan Ryan. Look at any guy way, way, way up on the strikeout list, and it's always the curveball. It's not a slider for a starting pitcher. It's different than the pin. For a starting pitcher, the curveball is always the most devastating off pitch of the uh, the heater. Can you imagine if he's able to come up with a third pitch? That would right, be amazing. He's done what he's accomplished, right? With two pitches, just because he's so like generationally talented with the fastball and one other pitch. If he comes up with a third pitch, oh my goodness. Now, the same thing we said about Ronnie. Ronnie's final step was, can you harness not just the potential and the talent to, all right, I'm going to hit 40 home runs, but I'm not going to strike out. <laughs> I want you to think about that. I'm going to hit 300 and you're not going to be able to strike. I'm going to hit 300 with two strikes. That's when you become unstoppable. So these two guys are on the same team, and you can market them, and you can build around them, and you can win more championships with them, and you can sell the crap out of 99 and 13 jerseys. This is the perfect storm for them. Okay. Perfect. Uh, you know how my mind works, and I automatically started thinking of examples in my lifetime, Matt. Here's what I can give you. Mike Schmidt and Steve Carlton. Mm-hmm. Like now, there's no. By the way, there's no official category of best position player and pitcher combo, but Matt brought it up. The only example I could come up with, one guy's got three Cy Youngs, the other's got three MVPs. So if that's a comp, I'll take it as a Braves fan. Now they have a long way to go to catch that. Oh, absolutely. But I'm just doing the excitement level, the talent level. Like maybe the best pitcher and the best position player. And in a game that is described by a lot of young people as boring, when you have the two stars that do the most fun things, like Spencer Strider might have 700 strikeouts after three years. Let that rattle around your little brain. Like, Ronnie, if I tell you he has a chance to go 50-50, you can't say, Matt, you're wrong. Yeah, he does. I don't know if he gets it or not. I can say it because he's got that kind of ability. Like, that's how stupid his talent is, and the same thing with Spencer's talent. It's Was he going for 40-40 and, like, pulled a hamstring or hurt his knee? Was, or twi- Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I think, no, I know. That was the I'm going to say season. this. Ronald Acuna knows about numbers and milestones. He should. And I think he pushes for him. He wanted the, they all down, do. the 70. Yeah. He had the 70 ready. He had that thing ready to celebrate and all of it. Can he hit 50 homers? If, yes. Okay. If he's thinking 50-50 is a specific goal that he's going to push for, then he'll do whatever a hitter does to try to hit 50 home runs instead of only 40 or 43. That's what he'll do. The only thing that can stop these two guys is injury. And nobody can to, can predict whether or not they stay healthy. If they do... You have two Hall of Fame talents right here. Yep. Just that's how high the ceiling is on both guys. And they're on the same team for the next five years minimum. All right. Chuck's got a college football today coming up around the corner. If you would please tease us. Uh, The toughest part of one new AD's job is about to be cut in half. Hmm. Who is it? Find out next. Chuck and Chernoff are on the fan. Kelly Clarkson, who won American Idol many years ago. Now a big star as a talk show host. I did not realize I was flipping through the channels last night. American Idol's back for a new season. Yeah, I mean, they keep cranking them out. It's on ABC. Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, Luke Bryan are still the judges. And Katy Perry's done the one nearly impossible thing for me. She annoys me so much that her hotness doesn't even stay. It just it doesn't hold off. Wow, well, uh, I don't watch the show. Uh, what is her? She's, just, she's a lot. She's just she's a lot. I think she leans into being a lot. Tough to satisfy. I, I don't know, Chuck. I've never been with her. I'm just saying, from my perspective, watching her, she's like somebody listening to me goes, "Matt's a lot." I get that. That's fine. Same thing with Kate. She's extra. She's just hotter than I am. Too she looked, hot to handle. She looked too cold great. to hold. Last night there was one of the. They were doing all the. Um, the prelim rounds around the country, and she's in one of the scenes, skirt and boots, and just mm-hmm. look. Yeah. I mean, she looked fantastic. Sure, yeah. But even so, I was like, oh god, she's just she won't stop. Go watch the. Lina looks hot too. I don't want to be. You he know, is. Yeah. I don't want to leave him out. Lina looks great. Mustache was on point. Go watch the video for last Friday night, and you'll probably get back on her. Oh, side. she's she looked great last. She's she's already had a baby. She looks amazing. She's beautiful, hot, all of it, but just a lot. That's all.
Uh, all right, before we get a CFT, Chuck, we've got to get to a top story. It seems urgent. Well, I've got two top stories now. Oh, no. How will we decide? So uh, the first story of the day, I mentioned to you earlier that a judge has ordered Cowboys owner Jerry Jones to submit to a DNA test. Yeah, he's got to fill the cup. Yes, in a paternity lawsuit brought by a woman claiming to be his daughter. Now, he is 80, so it's got to be more difficult to fill the cup. I didn't think about that till. Um, You're on camera, Colin. Colin is showing me the move that he's got to make. Your, there's a camera staring at you. Yeah, I, I get it. He's, yeah. Alexandra Davis, who's 26 years old, sued Jerry back in March, claiming the 80-year-old billionaire was her father and had been paying her and her mother hush money for years. Well, now, as the story goes... Jones, who at first denied he was Alexander Davis's father, is now at least going to admit that part of it, I guess, because the initial lawsuit, according to the suit, Jerry and Cynthia Davis, that's the mother, cut a deal in which he paid her about $430,000, that over three payments. Then he set up a couple of trusts for the daughter, Alexandra. Uh, if either Cynthia or Alexandra claimed that Jerry was the father, the agreement Stated financial support would be cut off. They get to keep what they already got. So for the, yeah, they get to keep that. For the longest time, Jones didn't admit that he was the father in the agreement. Two had never met, according to the suit. Shortly thereafter, he at least, according to her, admitted he was the father and now has agreed to the DNA test once and for all. I don't know if it's a special engagement to the Maury Povich show, but it is worth pointing out that Jerry and his wife, Jean, have been married since 1963 and have three children. So that's your first top story. I have a, well, he's going to take, if he's not the father, because you say he's going to take DNA test. Right. If he's not the father, does he get the 450 in the uh, monthly installments in the trust pack? I don't think so. I think that's an admission that he was the father when he was paying her. He's just, but what if he comes back no, no, and no. it's like, mer- remember, he would open the uh, envelope. Right, right. But what I'm saying to you is, I think you pay the 430 knowing I had sex with this woman and the likelihood is I'm the father. Because back then he could have said, let's get the DNA test. Part of the agreement was, I'll give you the money. To him, 430 Sure. You just be quiet. Never admit that I'm the and father. Now she, and now, on her insistence, he's like, all right, I'll take the test. What if he comes back and he's not the dad? I think we just move on and go I our separate money ways. back. No, I don't think that's how it works. I think it just stated that the trust So pays. she's got no risk to this then, other than... Maybe she just wants to show the world this is dad. I want to have a relationship with my father. God, you're always so about the money. I'm sorry that maybe she loves the idea of dad being in her life. Uh-huh. You're so selfish. This 26-year-old. What what were you saying yesterday? What 26-year-old wants to hang out with an 80-year-old? Apparently this one. Well, if it's her father. You are not. I'd love. You know how old my dad would be right now? If my dad was alive, he'd be 82. I'd love to hang out. What if Jerry hears that? You are not the father. Does he run around the stage? (laughs) He's all excited. Do you think the uncomfortable conversation that Jerry and his wife, Jean, had, she goes again? Like, that's her response again. Because, you know, they left the papers on the front steps. Somebody has to come sign for them. And that was Gene. <laughs> All right, our second top story. Haley Baldwin, you know her as Haley Bieber. Uh-huh. This is the Biebs wife. Her sister, Aaliyah Baldwin, has now been arrested for assault and battery after allegedly throwing a used tampon at a bartender. Okay, why are we... Why are we that's like, your second top story. Did we not have other... I'm right. sorry, that's a, that's a term. It's not, I didn't make anything. It's we nothing. already had a top story. That's a second So one. we didn't really need a second one, especially. So that, no, it's a real news item. But a lot of things that are true and accurate that you should show a little decorum and I'm sorry, filter. so we don't, we don't report the news? Not all of it. We're a news organization. What are our call letters? I'll start going through what happened in Ukraine today then. Well, we'll get to it. We're WCNN. I do that down the hall to the right. Down the hall to the right. All I'm saying to you is this deserves some attention and. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Who is our father? I don't know. I'm, I'm out of this one. Alec, right? Isn't Oh, maybe it's another Baldwin. I shouldn't say that. They're all the Baldwins. Billy, Alec. It's an excitable bunch. Hold on. Who else do we have in there? Billy, Alec, the fat one. Daniel. Daniel, that's the big one. I think there's another one, too. I think there's a fourth Baldwin. I think there's like uh, Michael. Steve. 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 Who? Steven. Steven. Steven Baldwin. Thank you. Very good. We got to the bottom of it. All right, everybody take a deep breath. Let's collect ourselves and get a college football today. Chuck Oliver's College Football Today. Got the beta king. Presented by Roof It Forward. When your roof needs to be repaired or replaced, call the roofing company that supports Camp Sunshine. Together, we can roof it forward. Well aware Notre Dame has a new AD, or they're about to. It's already been announced, and the date is now coming up. About three weeks, Jack Swarbrick will no longer be the AD. 
He announced that last summer or fall, and then they said that, and we have a new one, Pete Bavacqua, who was the guy from NBC, who that was just kind of a weird deal. Any uh, relation to Kurt? So, no. Oh. So they're bringing in Pete Bavacqua to be the new AD at Notre Dame. And a lot of stuff works at Notre Dame. You just show up and you keep things spinning. Um, a lot of, obviously, wealthy alumni and the law school and everything else that you need and a great athletic history. And they fill the stadium and... They're not in a conference, which means their TV money is their TV money. Their bowl money is their bowl money, et cetera. There are some, you know, ACC qualifications uh, to, 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 that you got to check off five games a year, et cetera. But for the most part, they're kind of on their own in the biggest revenue uh, sport, and that's going to be football. Well, as long as football continues to work, Pipavacqua's job will continue to, uh, to continue to work as well. Uh, the finances from football will drive everything else. And so keeping those finances flowing, that's the number one thing for him. When I say the toughest part of his job is about to be cut in half, it's a little bit more than that financially, percentage-wise. Uh, system we had set up, 12 teams with four buys in the playoffs. It's not going to last more than two years. It's almost certainly going to be 14 teams with two buys. And we're going to go to 16. What we have is just a discussion now, how many guaranteed spots for the Big Ten, how many guaranteed spots for the SEC. The ACC saying, we're a power conference too, and they're saying, hush, you might get two, you might not. So they're just discussing the details now, but it's about to be 14 teams with two buys. When I say the toughest part of Pete Bavacqua's job, keeping the football finances right, it just got cut in half. It's at least that much. Previously, 33% of the teams got to buy. So that's a heck of an incentive to make sure you were one of those top four teams and playing the conference title game and getting to the top four. It was going to be worth it. And as soon as this system was announced, remember Swarbrick said, you still think it's an advantage to not be in a conference? Because four out of 12 getting a buy, you're like, that's something that in an undefeated, we're 12-0 and we should be one of those four teams sort of season. You're going to feel put upon when you got to play in that first round instead of getting a bye. Now, 14 teams with two buys, that's 14%. Not 33%, 14% are getting a bye. Now, that is the best case scenario. Talk about playing a conference championship game. You lose. Even if you win, you don't get one of the top two. You got to play the extra conference game and then play in the first round anyway. With only two teams receiving a bye, it's no longer much of a penalty for Notre Dame to be left out of any consideration for that. They still can go 12-0. and They won't be 13-0 and because they won't be playing in that extra game. Highest they could be ranked is third in America going into the playoffs. They would still get an on-campus game, et cetera. A lot of this sets up really in the favor of Notre Dame. Now the expansion to 14, almost lock solid. They will not join a conference anytime soon. Chuck Oliver's College Football Today, presented by Rufit Forward on the College Football Voice of the South, The Fan. And college football is not even trying to hide that they're going to 14. So by 2028, we'll be at 16. Whether it stops there, I don't know, because at some point, I mean, I know the money is the money. You're going to have eight first-round games, meaning no buys. Whoever wins the championship is going to play four extra games on top of a conference championship game on but top at of that a 12 point, game if there's season. no chance to get a bye, that Notre Dame's like, yeah, there's yeah. why would we join a conference? Yeah, 2028, 16 team. We are going to like remember five minutes ago when we had a BCS and two teams. We're going to get a 16 team. You're going to have some seven and four, five team <laughs> or eight and four team as the 16 seed before this thing's all said and done. Imagine a team like Michigan last year. They go 12 and 0. Win the conference title game, they're now thirteen and zero, and their reward is they have to go yeah. out and play a seven-win Arkansas team. Oh, it's like you're acting like they care what you're accomplishing. They mean that game makes them how much money that single game when it's called a playoff game. Uh, I had mentioned Katy Perry on American Idol, she's beautiful, hot, gorgeous, looks great. Just she's done the impossible. Her personality's made me like think she's less hot. Friend of our show, Tracy, sends us a. Uh, an email, she says, I love the podcast Smartless, which is a good one with Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes and Will Arnett. They had Katy Perry on recently. She said, I couldn't handle five minutes of it. She was so annoying. She's just a lot, right? I mean, she was married to, uh, what's his face? Russell Brand. Russell Brand. There's a chance Russell Brand was like, I couldn't even deal with it. And Russell Brand's a lot. I want you to think about that. He's like, eh. He is so annoying. He's beyond annoying. But there's a chance he was like, I can't even deal with this. 
Just a chance of it anyway. All right, coming up next, a friend of our show got right in the middle of a huge Falcons rumor yesterday. D.O.B. <laughs> no. no. It's another friend. Plus, big news out of Big D. That'll bring a smile to the king's face. Give me some of that, D. Uh, well, okay. Give me, give me, give me. We'll talk about it next. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download The Fan app. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart. There needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 